0: Good morning, everyone. Um, This weekend, uh, my homily has been in three parts. Last night, uh, we look at the gospel, and Jesus begins with giving praise to his Father. I give you glory and praise, Father. And then he moves on. uh, He kind of tells us who he is. All things have been given to me by my Father. I am Lord. I am Savior. But he does it in such a humble way. And he goes on... uh, to tell us, I reveal my father, the relationship that you are to have with him. Then he goes on uh, to tell us uh, about the values that uh, he has. And so uh, I learned when last time I was away from another priest, if you're going to have a long homily, break it into three, father. So I broke it into three. Last night I talked about the relationship. Why did Jesus come? He's talking about a relationship. 8.30. How is God different from any of the deities that they thought existed in Jesus' time? And now uh, he puts forth values uh, for us. And we see in that first reading, um, a picture is given of a king uh, who would come humbly to Zion, to Israel, to the people, riding on a donkey of all things. And uh, in Jesus' time, in those Old Testament times, the king uh, was to be many things, uh, In this case, the prophet saying this king is going to be different. He brings a message of peace. This prophecy was fulfilled through the eyes of Christianity by Jesus, who enters into the city of Jerusalem on a donkey. Jesus enters as king, yet you do not know it, and he is unarmed and defenseless. Jesus carried no weapons, and yet he was not weak. He was strong. He had power over the human heart. And he showed this when he changed the hearts of people like Mary Magdala, Zacchaeus. Many rulers and kings in times past could make people tremble in fear before them. And in that fear, they would manipulate them and, and overcome them but they could not change their hearts. Jesus says to us, Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find peace. The scripture says rest. Humility and gentleness are not well-accepted virtues in the world then or today. Gentleness. There is a belief that if you want to get ahead in life, you'll have to be hard. Because if you are gentle, people will walk all over you. Gentleness tends to be equated with weakness. But gentleness is not a form of weakness, it is actually a form of strength. By gentle, we do not mean to be timid or passive. It takes a very strong, self confident person to walk in gentleness. Gentleness is one of the great virtues in our life. Think of the gentleness required of the hands of a mother with such great love to her children. A gentle person treads lightly, listens carefully, looks tenderly, and touches with reverence. Henry Nguyen said that. And then there is this thing called power the lust for power is rooted in weakness rather than in strength only the weak measure their worth by the number of people that they can dominate or manipulate or subjugate there was no harshness in jesus his approach was very gentle he did not force himself on anyone He did not try to manipulate or dominate anyone. The people with the greatest influence have no need to subjugate or manipulate those they wish to influence. And humility. In today's competitive world, we are told to be aggressive and impose yourself if you want to get ahead. Humility is seen as a weakness. Today, uh, sometimes we hear it in another way, Karens, right? This is the odd thing about people when they say, don't be a Karen. Those are people who are not humble. They are not meek, but very aggressive. Humility is not a form of weakness. It is to a form of strength. Humility is the foundation on which to build a house of spirituality. My friends, oftentimes uh, we hear humble or humility, but we, it's placed in the context of a negative thing, uh, such as uh, a failure of some type or a shame of some type. Uh, we have phrases that we used to use. Oh, that person got served a humble pie. Right or um, that person showed them they now they're all humble now because they had to you see it's placed in a negative, but Jesus places it as a great virtue and something he would say. Not only does my father do this, and I, but I expect you as my followers to be the same. My friends, the thing about humility does not involve self-deprecation either. Humility is the grateful recognition of our dignity, but acknowledging that that dignity is a gift from God. To the gentle and humble, Jesus promises peace. It is because we know so little about being gentle with one another that we have so much trouble in homes and neighborhoods and in the world. Many want to dominate and to control others. Arrogant and self-righteous people do not bring peace, only chaos. They spread confusion, unrest, and disunity by projecting onto others their own anger and frustrations. Humble people bring calm and can bring out the best in others. Those who are powerful and insensitive in word and in action make life burdensome for themselves and for everyone around them. The gentle and humble of heart make life less burdensome for themselves and for others. St. Seraphim said, acquire inner peace and a multitude of people will find peace near you. So my friends, when we follow Christ's example of humbleness and meekness, it allows his peace to spread in our hearts not allowing us to be overcome by life's trials and challenges. And it ends with Jesus. He always wants us to come. And one of the things I spoke about last night was not to be afraid. Jesus does not want you to be afraid to come to him. And uh, in the scripture, he says, Come to me, you who are burdened and labored. Of course, we can come but our happiness, too. But Jesus doesn't say, come when you got everything covered and things are great. He says, come to me when you are labored and burdened. Come to me when life seems to be falling apart and you search for answers. Come to me when you are overwhelmed by the problems. Come to me when, by all accounts, you cannot find a way out. Because he has the answer for us. St. Thomas Aquinas says, the nearer a human stands to God, the further away he or she stands from nothingness. So we simply have to get nearer to Jesus. We have to come to him with all of our things, with all the seasons of life, the happiness and the sadness, the challenges and when things are going easy. But in this scripture, he says, you come to me when you've had enough. (laughs) Oh, the world, come to me, and I will show you the better way. And he does. But unless we are humble and meek, we will not see that. And that's a difficult time for us when humbleness and meekness, those, like I said, I presented, uh, people don't care, care for those. Those are not qualities people really want to see. And yet, my friends at each Mass Jesus, with great humility and meekness, comes to us, body, blood, soul, and divinity, in the Eucharist, under the appearance of bread and wine. And you, in the procession, you come to him, just as he come to me. And the ministers are here, and they have the Eucharist for you. So when you come, come with confidence, not self-righteousness and pridefulness, But meekness, gentleness, knowing that he's waiting for you. And you're able, I always tell people when you're in the procession line, what are you looking for? (laughs) Come with determination, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Come with giving him glory. Come when your heart is broken, knowing that he waits here for you. You have no fear. He desires to give you peace. And in that proper reception, peace will flow into your hearts. He did not say, I will protect you from everything. He said, I will show you the better way. Amen? Amen. So now, my friends, I want to talk to you about uh, a great gift that has come to our parish. And it is very amazing to me. Um, So I'll begin with telling you about relics. Relics relics of our saints are never to be worshipped. They are respected and venerated in the way we respect and venerate holy things, holy images, icons. This has been done since the time of Christ himself, when he walked on this earth. My friends, uh, the relics of saints are typically kept in a reliquary, a little device, which houses the relic. Homage or respect technically is not directed to the object, but to the person themselves. So we're recalling the person. In veneration of the holy person of God, the saint can do nothing without God. But because the saint was humble and meek and allowed God to use him, if you or her, great things were wrought by the hands of God through that person. So when we venerate, the relic of a holy person we actually give honor to god recognizing who really did everything and as it is god's grace can come to us through material things as well as through spiritual things so you want to father is that in scripture absolutely acts 19 11. so extraordinary were the mighty deeds god accomplished at the hands of paul St. Paul as we know him, that when his handkerchiefs, I still shake my head, his handkerchiefs were applied to the sick, their diseases left them and evil spirits came out of them. Mark's Gospel. This one you'll have to pray a little bit more about. I think you'll understand. When she heard about Jesus, she, referring to a woman who was sick, She came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she said to herself, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. And immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. What follows is Jesus saying, who touched me? I felt power come out of me. See, Jesus was totally unaware and his apostles, in typical fashion. Jesus, there are five hundred people here, and you want us to tell you who came up and touched you. <laughs> the woman presents herself to him. I did this. She simply touched the clothing of the holy one. It ends in Second Kings, chapter two. Elisha, the great prophet took the mantle of Elijah, the great prophet, and from it a miracle happened. The mantle is just a clothing, the clothing of this prophet. Here's the one, Second Kings 13. But when the man came in contact with the bones of Elisha, he came back to life. If you go and read that story, some comrades threw him his body, his dead body. <laughs> They were, I don't know what they were doing. I can't remember. They were trying to get rid of him or something. They threw his body into, it happened to be the tomb of this prophet. And when the, that man's body touched, he came back to life. <laughs> so there we go, my friends. I'm trying to put forth to you. I also want to speak this way. Where is the line where something is proper and when something seems idolatrous? When it comes to the relics of our saints, if they become idols in place of God or are used for financial gain or are thought to be magic charms, that is wrong. That is a line that is never to be crossed. That becomes idolatry. The understanding of relics of our saints has to be sacramental and grounded in the proper biblical understanding of the veneration of God's holy ones, his saints. So my friends, this has been five years in the making. We have a great gift given to us. For the first time in this parish's history, we have a first-class relic of St. Nicholas of Tolentino that is now ours. Yeah, no, absolutely. Five years in the making. When you guys sent me to Rome, I went and visited Tolentino, and I met the rector, the pastor of the Basilica. He only speaks Italian. I don't speak Italian, so I'm not sure what I said to him, but whatever I said to him was no. That was a universal understanding, no. What did I ask? I asked for a relic, and the answer was no. I came back, and a few months later, I sent word Asking, and it was no. (laughs) Now, I'm only doing this because there is um, a a family, a parishioner, husband and wife. She has passed. She passed away in January. They would like to remain anonymous, but they were persistent with me in being persistent about pursuing the relic. This person will tell you that he pestered me, but he didn't pester me. He was just very persistent about moving forward and continuing asking. And finally, um, Benedetta. Benedetta is a person of St. Michael's in Olympia. She also works for Father Jim Lee, the pastor. She's my friend also. She is from Italy, and her mom is here visiting just by coincidence from Italy. I asked her to help us, so she started talking to the pastor, and it was no, wasn't it? <laughs> No. Uh, here's the amazing thing. Something changed. I think what was really instrumental was Benedetta and how she spoke to him. So I really strongly believe that without her helping us, we would not have this relic. So I thank you, Benedetta. And on behalf of the parish, thank you for helping us. Yes. My friends, what's truly amazing is not only the change of heart, but from what I understand, I had Benny. I said, "Benny, could you ask him again?" And one of the one time he just didn't respond to her, <laughs> but then he did, and he said, "Tell him, that pastor, I will send him the paperwork, so he can apply for you know to ask for it." Normally, it comes through Rome. And uh, I said, okay, all right. And uh, it didn't come, the paperwork. So I said, Benny, could you just ask him one more time? (laughs) So the last time she talked to him, she said, you tell that pastor I'm sending something and it's the best I have and I can't do anything more. In the mail, regular mail, post 3.90 3.90 euros. Is that $4? Postage. Less. Less. An envelope. I thought, here's the paperwork. And I opened it to find a first class relic of our saint. <laughs> Not from Rome, but directly from the monks, because he's Augustinian. It came from their personal collection. I know they have a body of him, but I can't impress upon you just how miraculous this is because it was no, 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 no. And then, and many knows, I was trying to avoid Rome because everything gets backed up there, knowing that it's probably never going to happen. And then it comes in regular post, an envelope, this is a great gift from that community. And you, if you don't remember, when I went there, they had the body of St. Nicholas at, in Tolentino. He's in a glass coffin. And our culture is a little bit different from there, so we find it odd. But he's out for everyone to see all the time. And I took all of your prayers. Some of you wrote prayers in a book, and I took it. So I spent six hours in the chapel where he, his body is, and while I was there, these little ladies would, from the town would come in, and they would just pull up a chair right next to the casket and knock on it, as if they were waking him up. <laughs> and then they would have a conversation with him. And I sat, uh, like if it was pews, I sat about ten rows back away. And when they would leave, they'd come over and kiss my hand, because I had my... They would say something to me, but I didn't know what they were saying because it's Italian. So I finally tried to communicate with the pastor, and he said, oh, he he, he wrote it down. They're asking, why you sit so far away from him? Why not pull up the chair and sit next to him? (laughs) Because we don't do that. (laughs) Because it's odd for us, but it's not odd for them. So my friends, this first-class relic, this amazing gift from... The very home of St. Nicholas is now with us. And uh, I will send my deepest gratitude to the Augustinian monks and to the pastor there. Typically a parish, uh, a lot of times when they have relics of first class, uh, they keep them locked up in a safe. And I understand why. But I'd like to do what they were doing in his hometown. So we will house the relic right next to his statue, which is in the narthex. It'll be in a glass case for you always to come if you wish to visit. Perhaps, maybe not knock on it. <laughs> it's not the same thing as the body. <laughs> but I want it out so that you can always be present, and I presented scriptures to you to, for your consideration. Uh, but, my friends, I cannot impress upon you, I never thought that this would happen, at least not while I was pastor. It is a great gift. It is even more so because it comes directly from them and not through a vault in Rome, but from this community to ours. It really is an amazing gift for us to have this obscure saint, little Saint Nicholas of Tolentino, have a first-class relic now for our parish for all time. Amen?